0: Grace, we good? Okay, hello, everyone. It's Joseph Robertson, a.k.a. Professor Joe, of both King Talk Podcast and the Professor Joe Show. And I am blessed today and honor and privilege to be in the presence of Coach Sonny. All right, now, I know Coach Sonny as Sonny Weathersby. Now, this may... Sonny, you actually might be... Not might be. My brother, I think... You're the best athlete I've known. You're the only one I've known who have just competed all around at such a variation of sports. That is something really unheard of, especially in today's society when everyone is raising their kid to specialize in a sport. So I consider you an expert in addition to someone who's my friend. So I appreciate you being willing to sit down with us um, because... Society is shaped a little differently today, and so therefore, I know you can give us some feedback that would be relevant to the parents and young people who listen to our podcast. Uh, In addition to that, there's a lot of other experiences uh, that you've had that I hope you would be willing to share. Um, And I think it's it's especially a privilege for me, based on my history with you and our friendship, and the fact that I love you, my brother, and I respect you, and I appreciate you sitting down. You know, and um, and I've witnessed your journey. So one of the things I'd also like to touch on at some point is your transition um, from the, the ranks of being a collegiate athlete into the world and kind of discovering your sense of purpose, your intent, mm. and kind of what's next. Mm. Um, because I found that uh, for a lot of the young athletes I work with and a lot of the adults who are our age who competed with us, I've, I've observed and witnessed the transition to be difficult, hmm. almost impossible for some, you know. Absolutely. Um, before we get started, um, today is, I think, if I'm correct, is January 27th, 2020, um, which means, you know, yesterday there was a, a tragic event um, that occurred, ironically, not far from here, um, that has affected a lot of people uh, locally in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, in California, in the nation, but also globally, and that was the unfortunate of passing of Kobe Bryant, of um his daughter, and um other people who were present in the uh, helicopter when that tragic event occurred. Um, so you know, um, as someone who is from the greater Los Angeles area, who grew up here. you know, every time I ever see a lot of your posts, I see you wearing Dodger stuff. You Mm -hmm. are really um, someone who grew up influenced by, you know, the culture of Southern California, of Los Angeles. Um, One thing I've marveled at of, you know, from being out here um, is, you know, I wasn't raised out here. But, you know, I've come and I've, I've benefited and been blessed from living out here and influenced by the Los Angeles culture. So there's some understanding I have of of observing uh, Kobe Bryant's level of influence on the community and of the game of basketball. So in one sense, I most definitely understand the tragedy. I think um, I was overwhelmed by the outpouring. I happened to be at USC yesterday hmm. when uh, most of the people found out. So as we were making our way back from downtown, you know, the memorial was already occurring. And then as I came back home, I realized there were a lot of people who had gathered out here around the scene. As someone who was born and raised out here, what are your thoughts about, you know, the level of influence he had and if you potentially have any thoughts on why?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I was speaking to a friend earlier Mm -hmm. about um, Kobe's impact. Uh, Truly, he was an inspiration to so many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And I tell this, you know, I actually spoke of this a few times to a few friends of mine. I was saying that he was like sort of like hope. Okay. You know, like a baby Jesus in a sense. Okay. You know, especially with all the race tension in the in the cities in the early nineties, okay. and in the mid nineties, ninety four, ninety five, right. and when Kobe came on the scene, you know it was, you know, uh, a lot of black, Latino, okay, you know, and Asian, okay, you know, with the L.A. riots, you know, we it was, you know, terrible, you know, with us, right. And when Kobe came along, you know, speaking Japanese, you know, speaking Spanish, you know, he lived in Spain, and I mean, right. you know, just yeah. Just you know, right. uh, just a, an extremely like gifted young man. Not only on the field, but just in life, I mean, he was like hope to us, you know, mm-hmm. to Ellis. And I mean, you know, with all the killing and all the violence in the streets, you know, mm-hmm. he was somebody we looked to for,
0: right. you know,
1: to run away from, you know, the the realities of the world. Okay. And so he was that.
0: So he had kind of a unifying quality. Man, or I, I, there's no words even to
1: describe it. You know, okay. I'm struggling with it right now. Right. right.
0: Yeah. Hey, as are many. Um, you know both who watched the things he did on on the basketball court and admire him um for his athletic ability for his prowess for his sense of determination but also people who are parents who observed him in his role as a father um mm. as a husband as a family man um also people who observed the level of mentorship he began to provide for mm. other young people um also you know uh the fact that the other people who were in that tragedy with him, those other families had a connection to being people of influence mm-hmm. as it related to mentoring right. other young people and, um, and youth athletics right. and things of that nature. So, you know, I, I just, I really do see people, um, and can kind of have some empathetic compassion for like, wow, this is a difficult one to chalk up. So ironically, I was thinking, um, if, if I could offer my thoughts too, is this. So, you know, with the passing of Nipsey Hustle recently, I had saw man, how long has that been now? Has that been
1: it's been a year. Okay, it's, it's been, been about, about a year. okay.
0: So like to me that was um something someone who was equally as important to a smaller demographic of people. Huh. And so, Because some people were unaware of who he was. So I was looking to think like, okay, the the level of loss I saw people around me experiencing. Because yesterday, so I went to a, uh, a women's basketball game at USC. And I had people randomly walking up to me like, hey, did you know this happened? Mm-hmm. And, and me, when you first approached me, if I don't know you, I'm a little apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you walking up on me for? So I was a little shocked. And then I was trying to think like, especially seeing the vast demographic it was impacting when have I ever observed this before? And the reality was, you know, initially I thought like, you know, Tupac. And then in one sense, I can say yes, because, you know, with Tupac's influence, it was, it was a global thing. It definitely wasn't just Los Angeles. It was, it was nationwide. It was globally felt. But then the reality is this. There are still people who look at like a Tupac and say, well, you know, he was still immersed in this culture. And so therefore, that's their thought process about him meeting his demise. Um, And then the same thing to some degree with Nipsey, rest in peace, all of them, right? Right. So then the only person I could really go back to um, and think how it affected so many people, I'll say there was a couple other influences. Uh, Muhammad Ali had a very vast influence on people, but because he was older, and died of natural causes, so to speak. Right. And, and almost it, right. it was almost expected. Right. And then even Michael Jackson, what we right. had observed, it was kind of right. understood. Right. He was dealing with things. So I actually um, ironically thought of John F. Kennedy Jr. Mm. And one of the things is it was such a national um, and global thing. But almost because of this as well. You had mentioned hope. And there's many of us on many levels who struggle in our everyday life, and we aspire um, to some level um, of success in life, however we define it. But when you define success by however you choose to do such, when you look at someone like Kobe Bryant, you say that's the epitome of success. Hmm. And then I would like to say the same thing about someone like JFK Jr. in the sense of, you know, he was someone who was, he struggled to pass the bar, but he fought for it and kept doing it. And he came from a family that was looked at like political royalty in this country. So it's like when we aspire to better lives and we aspire to the American dream and we aspire to experience upward social mobility, these are some of the lies we look at of people who have either ascribed or achieved status of being great in our society. And then all of a sudden, after all that, they're tragically taken from us. So these are people almost regarded as heroes. And even though it's tragic when it happens to anyone, the truth is we can kind of accept tragedy befalling the common man, the common woman, the common person. Whereas when it's someone's society holds out to be a hero, none of us want to think that our heroes can tragically be taken from us. So I just see people having such a difficult time accepting this reality and understandably so. and. You know, I guess condolences to all the families involved. But you know, again, you being someone from the Los Angeles uh, culture, I know you can no doubt see what his influence was oh, over the past. immortal. Tour.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. immortalized. Yeah, by our, our people, yeah. our kids in our city. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Kids was making jump shots. Remember, you yeah. know, the trash can, Kobe. Yeah, you know, three seconds yeah. left. Everything was Kobe. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's what he brought to our city. Yes. You know, it was that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That that meant to that mind state of. Perfect. You know, you have, yeah. to, you have to strive for to, to, what, it, what it takes yeah. to be great. You know, the work ethic, yeah. you know, what I'm saying? the discipline, everything Kobe embodied, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm just taken aback by words. I, there's no words to even describe this. Yes. I'm so, like, lost mentally by just yeah. this event. So I am, too, affected by the same way as you described it. You know, yeah. like, sometimes, you know, we look. It's, like, normalized for people that, you know, we grew up with. People in the communities already got shot. Yeah. But, yeah, something like that. We think, we think our, our, our icons, our, mortals, our, our, our leaders, they're going to live forever. Yeah. Our heroes, they're going to live I mean, you know, it's only, yeah. it's only fitting. We think they're going to live forever, man. That's, that's what it was for Kobe, man. That's, it's, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Even just to speak on it right now, it's just, it's it's, just I'm still lost. Trend. I'm still lost. bro. I'm yeah. still lost. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tragedy, tragedy. And then we have to, uh, no doubt, though, everyone needs to find a way to, you know, you honor someone's legacy. Uh, by trying to aspire to the characteristics you admire Absolutely. in that person. So, you know, my thought process would be if people truly valued his legacy and wanted to honor him, you know, no different. And I tell the students I work with this, even uh, when they tell me about their grandparents <clears throat> passing away. And so, and hey, Mr. Rosen, I'm having difficulty in my classes because, you know, my, I was like, yeah, but what would your grandmother have wanted? What mm-hmm. would your grandfather mm-hmm. have wanted? Mother. They would want you to succeed, so if you truly are hurt or going through something because they passed away, and I know you know maybe to some degree it may be an oversimplification, but we have to try to right. find um, motivation and something right. to continue living because right. life is for the living. Right. So you have to take it, and if you really admire him, if you really look at him as a hero, if you really want to honor him, we'll look at how he chose to go about um, his role in competitive sports, his role in life. And, and therefore honor his passing by doing so in life and how you choose to
1: live, you know. He had a quote, you know, and I'm I, it's not verbatim, it's okay. something to the fact that about uh I don't relate to lazy people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't want to,
0: like right. you know, saying right. like that. Yeah. That's
1: Kobe Bryant, you right. know. And you know, even for me growing up, you know, I'm like three years older than Kobe, mm-hmm. and growing up in inner city. Kobe came on the scene during the times like in a, you know when I kind of fell off. I guess you want to say okay. when sports took a hard turn for me. Gotcha. And to see this young man who's younger than me, you know, amount to so much success. I mean, just well versed, speak spoke different languages, super gifted, super intelligent. Right. For me, it was like that was like my hope. Like I can't let this youngster pass right. me up. Right. I got to stay driving because you know, you know, like yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. you know, Cause you're
0: because the reality is. And, and I hear what you're saying, my brother, because I am a man given to his ego to some right. degree,
1: absolutely. And I have to always make
0: sure to check that so it doesn't become unhealthy for me. Mm. But my ego has made it difficult for me just to be a fan of another man. Right. Yeah. I hear so that. whatever I see another human do, it motivates me to find the best within right. myself. Yeah. Because I can respect you. Yeah. I can appreciate you, and even celebrate you in a sense of celebrating your victories. Right. But you know. I have to always reflect back on myself, like I ain't got time to, to look at another human in this light. Um, I have to, you know, I have to push myself to those right. standards. So in that sense, um, most definitely, you look at them, but then okay, I have to be that diligent in my environment, respect. whatever it may it's be. The ultimate yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, now that being said, I have to tell you this. I can understand why you would. Gravitate towards his quote because since I've known you um, and I've watched you go through things my king I've watched you go through things but you ain't never been lazy you've always been the type of person willing to grind for his and willing to outwork people and that was one of the reasons I feel so blessed to have you here today because I kind of wanted to begin to talk about that like one day I was reading it might have been your book I don't know whether I was reading something out of your book Oh, hold on. I got to mention that, too. Can I make a note real quick, too, because we got to talk about the book. But you said, so I played community college football with you and. You were. Pooh and Phil were special, too, they were. But you were just an amazing athlete. So I just presumed based on the way you played the sport, and I, I got some of my highlights, which weren't many, but you all over them. And mm-hmm. I'm watching you run across the field and make plays and just the angles you were pursuing. And so one day I was dumbfounded to find out you hadn't always played football. Mm-mm. What was your initial sport you were playing? When did you begin playing? Uh, when
1: did I start playing football? Or
0: in the sports in general, and then we'll get to football. I um, mean, take us back through your history with sports and youth athletics.
1: I never got an opportunity to play and compete in little league sports. But, uh, you know, growing up in the streets in L.A., okay. I mean, you know, we played, yes. we didn't have pads, we played in the streets. Yes. You know, and uh, everything is a competition. Everything is a competition. Yeah. So. Yeah. And And, you know, sports is a way to get out the ghetto, yeah. get out the yeah. streets. Yeah. You know, elevate your circumstances. Yeah. So I use that as a catalyst for my motivation. Yeah. You know, so
0: it's also a rite of passage.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. to be a football yeah. star yeah. in this inner yeah. city,
0: and to be an athlete able to compete anywhere. Right, because you could go somewhere and you young, and you right. might initially be talented, but you don't just get to play. Right, you don't just get to play. So we're we're not a community that has had a um, structured rite of passage to mm-hmm. symbolize going from your. To, and grown into manhood. Right. So for many of us, our ability to compete in sports has been right. our rite of passage Absolutely. to demonstrate, man- if not some other behavior in the street. Right. But uh, you know, so that being said, you grew up playing and competing. Right.
1: And but you, is there a reason you never got to compete in youth athletics? Well, I mean, you know, my my you know, my mom was a single mom for the majority okay. of her life. Hey, watch her this. Youth.
0: This ain't just for me though. You got to remember, right. people listening need to, to know your background. Okay, well, so am it down know, to so them. So my
1: mom, you know, she, uh, basically a single mom. Okay. You know, I had a father on drugs. Okay. So and you know, single mom, she didn't really have the time to take me to the parks. Gotcha. As a kid. Right. So yeah. I had to just make you know the best of what I could. You know, my dream is since I was eight years old, I had wrote in my book that I wanted to be a pro pro athlete. Right. You know, so you know, I couldn't play little league baseball, but what I did was I took broomsticks. And little balls yeah, of foil. Yeah, I was out there. Yeah, Weathersby at the plate, and 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 I created this this image of myself. It was my imagination. I think that was my yeah, yeah. Uh, my 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 catalyst. You know, yeah. like I saw myself scoring touchdowns. I used to jump rope like Weather's running the ball to ten, the to twenty. You know, so I, I created right. this of myself. And then it was like because I, I had clear pictures of. You know, of course, I had role models like Deion right. Sanders was my idol. You okay. know, Bo Jackson, these kind of guys. You know, okay. watching them play. I like vicariously put myself in their shoes when they just running the ball. So mm-hmm. it was almost like, I, you know, I, no, you know, I was mentally practicing. So when mm-hmm. I got on the field, it was honestly, it was like second nature, okay. you know. Okay. So that's just what it was for me. I have, you know, it was my imagination watching other people play and compete, you know.
0: And you did that to what age? When did you Man. have an opportunity to compete in or in an organized structure I was, setting?
1: I was twelve years old. I played my first you know, league of little league baseball. Okay. Uh, didn't even have money to buy cleats. Remember, we, they had payless back in the day. Yeah. I had yeah. pro wing. I'm uh, very familiar on. with payless. You know, I didn't even have money for for no yeah. baseball glove. I had some okay. glove like it was an old, really truly old Dodger kids crunchy glove. Okay. You hear me? And and I I couldn't afford aluminum back, so I bought a, a, from thrifties my first wood back. Okay. And that year I made the All-Star team. I led my team in every offensive category. I was like All-Star MVP. Okay. And you know, it was on. Then you so you're rec-
0: Now so at least a positive thing it sounds like your recognition came immediately, huh? It, when you competed to at least there was a reinforcement like, "Oh, I can do this." Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay.
1: You know. Uh, and you know, Stevie Wonder could see, like, you know, this kid and got character. it's more than just talent. Yeah. Yeah. This kid got ambition. Right. You know, he right. got heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know you know what kind of competitor I am, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah. you know, it's it's not yeah. like I can't give another man respect. Right. Because I do. I give every athlete, yeah. anybody that's willing to yeah. compete, I give him the respect. However, yeah. you're not gonna outwork me. Yeah. So I, I already know I got an edge, because right. I'm willing to die rather yeah. than go back to the ghetto. Yeah. For, for for what it is I'm trying to do. Right. It's either that or get yeah. Or the streets and get lost. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that ain't never, yeah. there was never no issue with none of us, you know, growing right. up. That too. However, you know.
0: Hey, I have observed that from you, and I know that to be true, my brother, and that's something very admirable about you. And then I think um eventually, maybe not at this moment, but I'd like to touch on the fact too that Dang, you took that same principle, you understood it, and okay, I'm going to take the same principle of not letting someone outwork me in athletics, and I'm going to apply it to other areas of my life and generate some level of man, success, man. and you did that, you Look,
1: know? I mean, think about it, I, you know, I had learning disabilities growing up in school, okay. um, I didn't learn how to read till I was 18, okay. and so I, I, I knew I didn't have much wiggle room, wow. Wow. You know, I didn't have room for failure. Yeah. Or, you know, other kids, you know, they had mama to go. I, I was out of my house at 16. Yeah. I didn't have room for failure. It was all or nothing for me. So, you know, while everybody else playing and hanging out and, you know, getting drunk, get high, you know me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was relaxing. I was in the yeah. cut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. meditating and focusing on my opportunity to shine.
0: You've also always taken uh, your health with some level of priority. I had to what was so deep about what you just said, though, too. So sometimes people say things and and we we but then we really bypass it and don't really uh develop an understanding how deep that is. So right. first of all, I've been around youth athletics to, enough to know a lot of times when there's no father present that youth can potentially uh be overlooked or um Left behind based on the politics of sports Man. and having no one to advocate for Lipotism them. Nepotism is real. You got I me. Mean? Yeah, 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 and that's what people really don't get is real. Right. And then, so that right there can and leave someone feeling um, second rate and lower class, so to speak. Like I don't have a father present to work with me on my right. skills to develop me, and also to let these coaches know, "Huh, what is my son? You better take care of my son." Right? right. Right. But in addition, you mentioned not really being literate until the age of eighteen. And that can affect someone's sense of self-efficacy. That could affect their sense of esteem where I can't. And that becomes the learned behavior. I can't because I can't read. And that's one of the most fundamental skills necessary to survive in society, um, whether it has anything to do with athletics or just life in general. How did you even deal with that?
1: I have a good memory. Okay. So, you know, I'm one of the type of people, you know, you're in class and teachers used to read the books aloud. That's it. To go pay
0: attention yeah anything? I have to yeah and
1: and, and, and you know uh, like I said, the only reason and the truth is my senior year I, you know yeah. I got drafted to the Kansas City Royals, okay. and you know everybody was like, you know, why would you you know go pro and you didn't get drafted high and you could have went higher to go one year because yeah. I wasn't confident in myself academically, oh, wow. you know and and you know what well, I was going to just pick up you know yeah. in the, at eighteen and start getting tutors and all like, yeah. you, you're in the, you're in the fold now it's it's game time yeah. I, I got to... 18 that's your opportunity right. to, to, to go you know so you know and i didn't have that you know support that support system to you know help me through it right. so you know you just you gotta adjust man yeah. you, know, you gotta adjust on flying when you want anything bad enough you're willing to make the sacrifices you know what i'm saying to, to yeah. achieve whatever you know necessary goal you have to
0: now the irony is most people who at least possessed of a, a, a physical prowess and athletic ability okay, that is going to be their route to deal with inabilities maybe in an academic or classroom setting. But the irony is you not only handled that, but if I'm correct, in addition to your bachelor's degree, what is it that you did? I got my master's. Okay, that's what's up. I got my master's
1: in public administration. Hey, I don't have
0: an applause app. I ain't Uh, (laughs) got the (laughs) high-budget thing, but I got to clap that up for you. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You feel me? Because... um, that's a That advanced degree is so difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes in my ego, I want the PhD, right? But this is how I really did. So, some people try to speak it to existence by calling me Dr. Uh, hey, Dr. Robinson. I'm like, man, I ain't got no doctor. they be like, yeah, but we speak. And I'd be like, no, I don't speak mouth. I'm not about to give my life's energy. Because <laughs> so there's like, a couple of things. I, w- I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. And my brother, I, I admire that because that's one of my goals. Um, I got to tell you just real quick. So, I started writing a book. I was about 75 pages and so proud of myself because it took me such a long time to develop the style and pattern mm. that I wanted to convey, what mm. I wanted to say, right? So it took me like a year just to feel good about the product I had. I had it on a USB. Man, and lost my USB. Mm. So I had to mourn it. Mm. I had to mourn the loss of mm. my work for. Like mm-hmm. maybe another nine months to a year it just hurt every time I wanted to sit down Then I got started on it again. So I feel blessed that I'm just moving in the right direction. Yeah. But I understand my brother. It takes work and effort to produce five something. Five years. Okay. To finish yeah. Peregrination. Yeah.
1: It took me five years. Yeah. So that was like when I say the biggest fight. Yeah. That was my biggest challenge. Okay. The most. I mean I can't even. Words can't even describe. I don't care what I've been through a lot. Yeah. But writing that book okay. and finish it, and, you know, yeah. and and it's and it's still, you know, you know, still being edited. I'm still finding, okay. T's and E's, you know. That I mean, so, you want to go back and fix. But them. we do. So right. I constantly keep going back. If I find something, I, I've had it proof written and proof read. Yeah. So yeah. many times. So you know, it's, right. everything is a journey in life. You know, what I'm saying, as long as you do it. You know, and keep doing it, and keep, keep revising,
0: it. getting yeah. stronger, assessing, yeah. reassessing ourselves. Absolutely. What What was the point of the book? What was the point
1: of the book? And if people want <clears throat> to look for it, okay. The title again is Peregrination. Okay. The journey to wellness. Okay. Uh, uh and, by and Sunny Weathersby.
0: And that means what? Does the word itself has a meaning, or yes, sir. and then you want to tell us about the meaning of the book or the journey of the book? Or? So
1: it absolutely means a journey. Okay. You know, it's like a winding journey. A peregrination okay. is. Winding journey, and okay. what we, we are, or what I am, is a peregrinator. Okay. So you know, a peregrinator is comparable to David Carradine and Kung Fu. Okay. You just travel, you know, on your journey, you know, yeah. and that's what life is to me is a journey. So the uh, peregrination is the story of my journey, and that you know, at the end, at the end of the day, life is constantly, you mm-hmm. know, a, a, a journey. You know, it's never no peaches and cream or. No rainbow. What is it? Pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Life is right, like right. never that. We're constantly learning. We're constantly growing. If we're not mm-hmm. learning, we're dead. Yeah. So, so you know, it's just with that book, mm-hmm. I actually have, you know, things I can go back to and you know mm-hmm. look to yeah. for strength. You know, so oh, I've been here before. You know, things yeah. that's relevant. Oh, I've been through this experience before. Oh, I've had trying experiences because the book yeah. is all about. You know, I, I tell people if you really read the story, I felt down there in everything I ever did to to man's since, you know, yeah. I got drafted, but, oh, I didn't, I wasn't going to make it to the majors. Oh, I played football and I got to college. I did good, but I didn't go to the NFL. I, I boxed, but I lost yeah. the fight, you know. So, I mean, you know, so...
0: Well, not to fight that I was at home, boy, I watched you put hands on someone if I may say so myself. But I hear your point, though. I hear your yes. point. That if we're judging it by the barometer or measurement that many people do, well, I could say I failed at the things I attempted, you know?
1: But, and, and, and this is the irony of this. You know, uh, when I was a kid, and I, and I tell people, there's so many lessons in this book. If you have to understand the lesson in, 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 in peregrination. When I was a kid, I said, Mom, I want to get drafted and go to the pros. And when I go to the pros, I want to buy you diamond earrings. I fulfilled that. Okay. I'm successful. Yes. And everything that happened afterwards to me was fun. Like, well, you didn't make it. I'm like, but you don't understand. I got drafted. I fulfilled a dream. Right. I said I wanted to play football, college football. I wanted to go D1 when I went to Coach Norton's office. And yeah. he laughed at me. Well, okay, you don't got very much experience. But that's what I want.
0: Yeah. I made it D1. I, and that's what you did. Yeah. Hey, that's what and there are people, okay, since I work as an athletic counselor and spend all my time working with right. young people who desire and aspire to compete at this level, there's people who've been competing um since Pop Warner, hmm. since they were six, seven, eight, nine right. and weren't able to accomplish that because and I just had to talk to a young man today and tell him and I was really just trying to motivate and inspire him because I'm here to support people in whatever their life goals, dreams, or endeavors are. But I had to give him that moment of like, man, you better stop playing, man. I was like, you don't really want to play this. You don't really want to do this. I was like, you want to avoid growing up and getting a job. Absolutely. So, and I, and I had to let him know, I'd do anything to work with you too, but I'm not going to sit and co-sign on a dream deferred. Hmm. I'm not going to play with you, my brother, right. because you're not trying to achieve this. Right. Right. And then, uh, you know, so I asked him to go do some things. He came back to my office. And the pleasant thing about it too, not that he all of a sudden learned everything in this one uh, interaction we had today. But he he came back and at least gave me a hug. And he was like, I know you're right. I needed to hear that. I needed mm. someone to say that to me, right. you know, because so when you say um, I wanted to play D1 and you arrived there and, you know, I've been blessed over the years to read some of the clippings uh, in the paper that, you know, um, and you ended up, if I'm correct, it was Bowling Green University, absolutely, which um, that is not an easy university to end up at. Right. Um, they do compete. Um, against FBS schools, so that meant a lot for you to arrive there, but you were also a, um, what word am I looking for? You were an impact player, wow. so you weren't just there. You didn't just arrive there where you kicked it on the sideline, put the jersey on it. No, you arrived and competed, right. and that's, that's a big deal, my brother. That's an accomplishment. And, um, you know, one of the reasons, amongst many, I've always ad- admired you. You know, why you're sitting here, I'm having a moment of... um. You know, and it, this was so crazy about life. I'm so thankful that, that I'm blessed to have friends hmm. who I love, hmm. who are my heroes. Hmm. So you were always hmm. that to me because playing at the community college level, I was not one of the more uh, athletically gifted people. Hmm. So I had to work, mm. and your relationship with me was very validating to my existence mm. because there were moments I had some level of shame or embarrassment that I wasn't one of the best competitors out there because I was used to coming from environments where i wanted the best at what I do, and I had to accept something where I was humbled, and then I tore my MCL a month before my first season, mm. and I had to play on that and the physical implications to my body um, so my relationship with you, um, as well as, you know, it's appropriate for me to acknowledge Scoop, dude, Scoop, dude, what's up player? Right. Hey, yeah, uh, feel good. Feel good. What's Absolutely. up? Absolutely. But, um, okay. So it was, um, you know, that it, it validated me. My brother helped get me through some, uh, very difficult, um, and dark moments in mm. terms of, um, just knowing that, you know, one of those mentalities that when you're ready to give up. You know, again, I could like even segue that back to Kobe Bryant and what I do admire about him is the thought process of, okay, when things are at its worst, the only option is to go harder. Go harder. You feel me? Yeah. But being surrounded by individuals such as yourself and just the validation you gave me by even having a relationship with me um, just really got me through some deep moments. So you sitting across from me right now is like very uh, strange in the sense of, like, dang, I'm friends with someone who's my hero. So I, I have relationships with my heroes. And you, you feel and, you,
1: and you know I feel the same way. Yeah. And, that's, you know and that saying? makes me feel as special. As a man, as a mentor, as a father, yeah. as a a leader. Like, you know, I've always looked up to you. I've always admired you. And, you know, you taught me so much, believe I it or not. You. Like, you know, we don't want to get all deep in the, yeah. his, in the streets. Yeah. But, I mean, I learned a lot from you. You know Thank what I'm saying? So, so, so it, the you. love is just was reciprocated, yeah. you know. And, yeah, the, and, the, sure.
0: and the journey has been real yeah. and watching you live your journey over um, the past. So watch this. It's 2020, which means my relationship with you goes back nearly a quarter century now. Yeah. You
1: yeah. feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and to watch where you're at, but also the dialogue we've had along the way. You're also validating for me because I knew. And when, so when we talk, I always knew who you were. So we, I don't know if you remember when we talked and I say like, my brother, it's obvious to me, this is how you're going to get, this is how the universe is going to use you Mm. because health and wellness and fitness has just been your existence. Mm. That's been your existence. Any conversation is going to lead to that. Right. And so therefore to see what you're doing now is, um, you know, just a blessing. So with the book, does it just kind of outline the entire journey?
1: Um yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, absolutely until where I'm at now. Okay. So, okay. you know, just But I mean, you know, it's it's, it's deeper than just a story about me. Right. You know, it's a story about life. Okay. Because I, anybody who reads that book who grew up where I came from, which yeah. is the inner cities, who right. grew up with the struggle at risk youth, right. they can relate to these stories, okay. you know. So it's so relative. And you know, I had a young lady just yesterday. Read my story, came back, she was like, "I was in tears." Yeah. And the story was so relative to me in so many ways. Mm. And I, and for me, it was like, that's what it's all about. You know? Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So, all right, we, we good, my too. king. We good. Absolutely. Okay, so now a couple other things. So we had got drafted by the Kansas City Royals. And then at some point, and I'm glad whatever happened happened or I wouldn't have had the blessing of meeting you. How'd you end up at school with me from there?
1: So... Uh um, I played football a year before. Okay. I broke my leg and, okay. with the Royals Uh, my second year Okay, football. Okay. And uh, when I was doing my rehab, I actually went through, you know, curling job. Oh, hold on. You're in, in playing baseball, you broke your leg? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, okay. So I broke my my, my, my leg my second okay. year. Okay, gotcha. So they sent me back to the minors. Okay. And, you know, oh, well, first, first of all, I did my rehab. After I did my rehab, that's when it was like I had my, what they call, Damascus experience. I learned in life that yeah, if I lost, you know, if I and if I ever got hurt or injured, there's nothing else I could do. Okay. So I decided, God, I gotta go back to school and get an education. So I that year that year okay. I went to uh, West LA okay. and played football in West LA. Right. The, my first year, actually, you know, really getting down, and the Royals. I went back to the Royals after that season. Went to spring training. Actually went to the Northwest League mm-hmm. up in uh, Spokane, and. And, you know, they had me on the bench. You know, it was, I wasn't getting at bats. I wasn't playing a lot. You know, and they they were telling me that well, I was worried worried about my leg or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I was like, man, I don't want nobody ever controlling my life. Right. I don't ever want to feel like I'm at the mercy of anybody's hands ever again. Mm-hmm. So I decided, I called up uh, Coach Norris, like, look, my name is, you know, such and such and such. A, I want to just, you know, try football. I played at West LA. And he was like, man, I would love to have you come down. I left. Uh, I had a minor league baseball. Game one day, my last game was I hit a, a grand slam. Uh-huh. I had a uh, like three for four for four something. Crazy. I had the best game in my life. Uh-huh. The next day, I got on the plane and, and flew to the valley. Wow! And wow. pulled up on Coach Norton. Okay. Yeah. And that's and that, when it all began. Yeah. And I think I know I had to meet you
0: within your first couple that days was, coming to the school. No,
1: that was yeah. I think I met you. Okay, the, the, okay, the second day. The Second okay. day. The first day I came up for of practice.
0: Oh, uh, and and I'm a big energy person, my brother. So. The irony is, uh, you know, I gravitated to you immediately in part because your energy has Mm. always been healthy. Your energy has always been positive. Your energy Mm. has always been loving. Your energy has always been constructive and productive where, you know, oh, that person holds no ill will or hostility towards me. And, um, you know, and I think our friendship over the past 25 years has confirmed that. And I'm thankful to the universe for, you right. know, your uh, your friendship and my relationship with you. All right. So then you played at Pierce. Uh, I mean, I saw you really perform amazing as an athlete and you got your chance to go to Bowling Green. Um, is it OK to ask you what you majored in at Bowling Green? Yes. And what would that be? Education. OK. Did you do that? And one of the reasons I ask is because so many athletes, um, the thought of what they're going to major in is so secondary. Like, they only think of schools. So I've had students who go to institutions, Um, uh, I'm going to use um, any school with, like, an A&M in the name or something, mm-hmm. right? And then after they, they're looking at the football program, like, oh, yeah, no, I'd like to go play there. That's going to be an excellent opportunity. And then they begin to look at the majors and they never had stopped to think like, well, that A&M may mean something. Brother, <laughs> that may stand for right. agriculture. Like, is that the type of school? Right. Where, do you have a major in mind? Or even now when it's not related to sports, people come in my office like, Mr. Robertson, I've got to go to UCLA and I want to major in kinesiology. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, that's great. Um, what is the end goal? Because, you know, UCLA doesn't have kinesiology as a major. so. Right. Not all school had the same majors. Um, And a lot of people don't give a thought process. So that's one of the reasons I asked. Like, was education just the option that was available? Or is that something you initially intended or
1: desired? Absolutely not. I actually chose Bowling Green because the coach said to me, you come here, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. I'll let you play wherever you want to play. I want you at my school. Oh, he knew you were a great athlete. So I told him, I was like, well, look, my ultimate goal is to be a two-sport athlete, I'm, I want to go back to baseball. I want to use this as an opportunity yeah. to get back, to go into the Rule 5 draft for, for right. baseball, to get right. picked up at baseball again. And uh, he was like, let's do it. If you can work, he said yeah. I'm willing to put yeah. you out there. And, okay. and that's what it, And that's what I did. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, And I ended up going to Bowling Green. Actually, I went there as a running back. Okay. And, and I ended up uh, starting at defensive back. And, oh, wow. and so, yeah, people didn't know okay. that I actually went both ways. I played okay. running back, I played receiver, and I was actually one of the top kick
0: Which is because. basically damn near unheard of. Yeah. And that's one of the things in which, again, I acknowledge you being a special athlete because you've, you've had the opportunity to do things that, you know, 90% of people, and if not 99% are never going to get to do. So even in this day and age, maybe at the high school level still heard of it, but not in college. People don't get to play offense, defense, and special teams. Maybe offense and special teams, defense and special teams, but not all of those.
1: And, and, to, to, okay, but, you know, it sounds good, but what it looked like on papers is I didn't have a lot of stats. Because uh-huh. people said, oh, he wouldn't. I didn't see him. But people didn't know. Like, i I play corner. They didn't right. throw to my side. Yeah. They didn't yeah. run to my side. Yeah. And some you people know? don't get that. Yeah.
0: Some people don't know. So you have no pass breakups. Right. But, no, but I sh- – but that defense that, – that offensive coordinator yeah. – he knew who I was because yeah. he knew y'all not going to throw the ball to my was, side.
1: You know, Steve Spagnoli was my coach. That's okay. what he's the head coach. I mean, defensive coordinator at a team in the playoff. I think it's Kansas City right okay, now. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, okay. you know, and, he, and people can vouch for my like. I said, listen, I'm going to shut this side of the field down. Yeah, yeah. And I never played corner before. You know that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, but like I said, you were an athlete, so no one was going to run away from you. Man. Hey, look. And no one was going to block you. All right. So, you know, so I get that. And, uh, you know, again, that's one of the reasons my friendship with you met so much. Because I'm like, this dude, do it all. You know? So Bowling Green, you had that opportunity. Did you end up playing baseball at Bowling Green, too? Or did that... No, play, no, no? no
1: actually, I was already playing plural, okay, So I couldn't okay. play back in college. Okay, gotcha. So I was trying to get into... So I, you know, they have that Rule 5 draft of okay. football players. You gotcha. Know, okay. You know, all okay. different people going both ways in sports, playing baseball. Okay. Football, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Okay. So then, now, so post that, you went to Bowling Green. You were able to. Um, did you initially walk away with your degree?
1: No. Okay. I did.
0: So tell us about that. Then. So
1: my senior year, you know, I I, uh, I got injured. Um, I had a child. Okay. So I left okay. my senior year to handle my responsibilities. Gotcha. Walked away from an opportunity to uh, compete in the pros. I didn't finish my senior year.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Was that
0: how how difficult of a decision was that for you? what prompted you to make the choice to do that
1: i mean i had I had a lot of back home home issues
0: okay
1: um i had so i was dealing with so much yeah i mean so much i can't speak of right but I was gotcha. dealing with so much gotcha. that um I thought it was best that i step away okay okay
0: and i think so right here i'd like just to introduce the thought that. I know a significant amount of individuals um, who have had whatever prompted them to make that decision have made similar decisions. And 10 years later, well, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, um, their life has never recovered from that. Mm. And they're still living the frustration of, I had this opportunity and uh, was not able to see it through to fruition and they kind of live with um a level of frustration and resentment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that begins to consume um walking away from that what type of emotional issues were you dealing with? Was there a feeling of being defeated or or it's over, or I'm resigned to live a quote unquote normal life or you know what do you recall what type of thoughts you had to deal with at that time and if not, you don't you know if not you don't
1: you know. I, 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 you know, I remember at that time. You know, I, you know, I had succeeded, and yeah. you know, I, and made it to the pros, and I had made it to the, you know, college. You know, I, I, I pretty much accomplished everything. So I was kind of now at a point in my life. I was young enough, and I was like, you know, whatever choice I make, I feel confident that I could see myself through it. Yeah. Yeah. Even this decision to walk away from the possibilities of being like millionaire and all that, it really wasn't about that. You right. know, it was. You know, I, I wanted to try something else. You know, yeah. I wanted to where. Now I can get my get out the radar a little, get off the radar, yeah. and really develop myself as a human being. Because that was the ultimate goal. I need, to, I want to develop myself. I was making a lot of bad choices, right. you know, you know, just, just living, just reckless. Okay. You know, you know, because of a lot of circumstances, things I was dealing with eternally, right. and um, I'm proud of those. I'm proud of that. Uh, that that time, and I'm proud to have made the choices and decisions I made okay. at the time. And, you know, and even after post-prior, I mean, yeah. you know, afterwards, you know, I did have some times of regret, you know. Of course, yeah. I had families and friends and loved ones turn it back on me. Okay. Uh, people, you know, called me a failure and, you know, yeah. I heard it. Loser, deadbeat, name it. I, I went through it. Okay. And I suffered through it to the point, like I said, I had some moments of regret. However, you know, when you believe in yourself and you have a definiteness of purpose, I use that word, you know. Like, you sure, you know, you sure about who you are and where you want in life and what do you want out of life? Right. Whatever it was going to take, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I was, I, it was going to happen. So, you know, next, you know the story, you know, I started boxing. Okay. You know, I went and took my, my frustration and anger out on. Uh, amateur box, you know, uh, won some national titles. I won a, a couple of national titles in amateur, golden gloves uh, novice city okay. golden glove champ. I won a state pal championship. I won for boxers for Christ national champion, you know, and, 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 and I started boxing as a, 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 older man. I was 24 when I started competing yeah. in the apertures, which is, they say is unheard of, unheard you know? Of. Yeah. And then, you know, I turned pro Won my first fight, my second fight, you know, uh, I lost. Okay. And I, and at that time I was married, you know, I was married, you know, with family. And I promised my wife that, um, if I lost I I'd get I'd hang up my sports career okay and that's what I did
0: Oh, that's deep you know what so there was another moment around the time of you boxing which I really um respected um your humility right and then um hold on real quick too. is it possible to save and then record again okay so real quick so this is what I'm going to do i want to stop here cuz i want everybody to hear you know this moment but in order for them to do so, they're going to have to come back and listen to the next one. Okay. All right. So, so that's the deal, y'all. We're <laughs> still with uh, Coach Sonny, Sonny Weathersby. Um, so, I, you know, I just want to thank you for sharing with us. Um, but I'm going to offer y'all an opportunity to hear the rest of the story, but you got to tune in to the next episode.